Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new podcast. Thank you for listening, and thank you to those of you that actually voted on this particular episode. All about WandaVision, WandaVision. So I have watched through the show roughly three times, if you count rewatching bits for this podcast. <laughs> this episode will be a bit of a review, a chat, and just my overall thoughts on the whole WandaVision show. So take into consideration, this is going to be filled with spoilers because I'm covering every single episode of the show. So warning, spoilers. We're just going to go down each episode starting with episode one, which is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience. This one takes place in the 1950s. So the first time I watched this show, this episode, uh, I didn't know what exactly to expect. And the cheese factor or corny factor is super strong in the first episode. Not to say that it isn't really well done because the acting, the setup, and everything is 100% perfect for an old black and white sitcom. I simply had a lot of thoughts of like, what the heck am I watching right now? Paul and Elizabeth are hilarious together and they have great chemistry and the vintage episodes are no different. The full cast of this show is really amazing and I'm sure I'm going to say that multiple times, honestly. I did enjoy the first episode better watching it the second time around, or maybe I appreciated it better for what it was or what exactly we were leading up to. Uh, I do like the jokes that kind of uh, poke fun at old sitcoms, like Vision wanting to know what exactly his job is because, you know, it was never clear what the husband actually did back on those shows. I did enjoy the commercials as well. Uh, this, the first episode, features the Stark Industry toaster and such. So the main point of the first episode is Wanda and Vision moving to town, of course. New to town, starting new, new life, and wondering exactly what the heart on the calendar actually means. While Wanda thinks that it must be like some sort of anniversary of some kind, Vision learns at work that it's actually dinner with his new boss, Mr. Hart. We have Agnes introduction, quote, quote, Agnes, I will say. And can we just say how impressed I am with some of you Marvel comic experts that literally called who she actually was, who she was going to end up being because of that brooch. I love Marvel, but I'm not an expert by any means. I grew up with DC, so I took a lot of cues from you lovelies that are like experts. So nice job, Marvel geeks. You definitely called that. This show had a lot of crazy fan theories, but that one about Agnes was spot on from day one. So when the hearts and vision come home to Wanda, she's like in a nightgown and the secondhand embarrassment is strong with this one. Oh my gosh, I can't take it. I do appreciate that the magic or the effects used are very similar to how things would have been shot back in the day. It isn't filled with a lot of like modern effects or CGI. They do camera cuts and items on strings and you know just the way they produced it really fit with the time period it was supposed to take place in. Like for instance, Wanda changing from her outfit, um, the sexy nightgown to her dress very much reminded me of Bewitched the way that it's done. And after Agnes brings over like the full meal to cook, some of those effects with Wanda opening the cupboards with her powers or the food flying around, the recipe cards, all of 
the way that they did those effects is like time period appropriate, which just made this all the more like realistic that we were actually watching a 1950s sitcom. I also gotta love the long menu items that Agnes brought. Like note to self, I could never be a 50s housewife. Like what was that? Oh my god. But breakfast for dinner is definitely my style. When they finally sit down for dinner, you get the real, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, what is actually going on? They don't have answers to the heart's questions of, like, where they move from, <laughs> when they get married. And as the scene progresses, time kind of slows as things get awkward. Neither Wanda or Vision have the answers to these questions. And when Mr. Hart starts to choke, the first time watching this, like, Mrs. Hart just continued to say, like, stop it to her husband again and again. It was almost, like, very creepy. But when you watch it again, you see that, like, she's really talking to Wanda. Like, she's asking Wanda to stop it because all of these people are fully aware of who is in control. And Vision doesn't help him until Wanda tells him to. And, you know, just like that, he helps him. He's not choking anymore. Dinner is over and the hearts are leaving. The studio audience is back laughing and it's a funny sitcom once again. Like, just like that. The little star effects when you see Vision turn back from his human self to his regular self is very cute and time appropriate as well. As the first episode fades out, we see someone is watching the sitcom on more modern computer screens. Oh, who could it be watching? Dun, dun, dun. My ass the first time watching was like, oh, it must be someone bad. It must be someone evil. <laughs> no. All right, so we move on to episode two. Don't touch that dial. Now we have moved to the 1960s. We start with the night and the sounds outside their bedroom window. The two separate beds always used to crack me up on those old shows. So it was a nice touch. Uh, similar effects with Wanda's powers, you know, turning on and off the light, moving the beds together, uh, seeing the branch hitting the window, and like turning the bed into one bed. The intro for this episode is probably my favorite because it really does remind me of Bewitched. I love that you get different TV intros for each episode. I love startings. I love TV theme songs. I'm actually sad that shows really don't do it much anymore. So this was like a great callback to like the different years. And it's funny, we actually have all of these WandaVision songs for the different episodes, but this particular one from episode two seems to be the one that everybody loves and everybody uses as reference. This episode is based around a talent show for the town, the, like raising money for the school and whatnot, which Wanda and Vision are taking part in the talent show to be part of the town as the new people. Uh, they are doing their cabinet of mysteries. Dun, dun, dun. And while things seem to be going as usual, we get a moment again in this episode where it kind of stops the sitcom vibe. Wanda hears a noise outside, and when she goes to investigate, she finds a toy helicopter in the front yard, and the toy is in full color. While she and the whole neighborhood around her is still in black and white, this toy is bright red. And you can kind of see that there is a sword logo on this toy, and this definitely takes you out of the sitcom for a brief moment before... The moment is cut off by Agnes scaring Wanda, and the laugh track comes back, and the sitcom vibe is right back to where it was. I know that everyone is like a huge Katherine Hahn fan now after watching this show. She's the actress that plays Agnes Agatha, but she's hilarious, guys. Like, she's so funny in We Are the Millers and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and she's had a bunch of other parts. Like, I'm really glad that, like, more are coming onto her fan base now because she's fantastic. So Wanda and Agnes head off to meet Dottie and the other wives of the the planning committee of the talent show or whatever people did back then. At the meeting, we get to meet Geraldine, aka Monica Rambo. 
and the other annoying lives. Agnes asks, how is anyone doing this sober? And I can't help but agree with that. Meanwhile, Vision is trying to get in with the neighborhood watch and like the other husbands and whatnot. And I'm a little confused on why that dude, the one dude, don't know his name, I'm so sorry, looks like Ross from Friends. I know everyone online said it, but like they're not related. He's not actually Ross. I'm so confused. Vision ends up trying a stick of gum and this funny cartoon image of the gum going down into his stomach is hilarious and basically like getting his gears all stuck. Once again, really creative to keep the effects more of an appropriate like 60s vibe instead of doing something more modern, just keeps you in the particular time period. Back with Wanda and Dottie, Wanda is helping clean up. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, the radio is cutting in and out while they're having a conversation, and you hear Jimmy's voice, Jimmy Woo's voice, coming in and out, asking Wanda who's doing this. And of course, we don't know it then that it's Jimmy, it's just a voice, but now we know. And the Beach Boys' Help Me Rhonda is playing, and I just thought that was so creative, and like time just slows and Wanda is like staring at the radio. She can hear someone asking who's doing this Wanda and the song playing. These moments that cut in and out of the sitcom vibe to real life and so on have a very creepy, mysterious vibe and I love them. And the way the radio explodes, Dottie breaks her glass and then just like that, it's back to the sitcom vibe. I love it. I love how they did that. Another pop of color ends up coming back as Dottie's hand is all bloody from where she broke the glass and it's bright red. These moments were for sure seen only one way the first time we all viewed this show. The toy helicopter, this moment with the radio, and so many more. Now, of course, we know it's Jimmy's voice over the radio, and, but we weren't sure what was happening at first. This is for sure a show you can enjoy more and more as you watch it, but it was seen a specific way the first viewing. Then we got the ad for like the Hydra watch. No, thank you. I'm good. So at the talent show, Geraldine is backstage while Wanda waits for Vision, who is a little out of sorts. This is like a version of drunk Vision because of the damn gum. It's funny when you watch something in black and white, I feel like your mind picks what color they are wearing. At least that's what I used to do when I used to watch black and white uh, Bewitched and, and things like that. And for some reason, like Wanda's look at the talent show, I just like assumed was like silver and black or something like that. But then the behind the scenes photos have come out and she's like in bright red and that's all I see now. So Wanda and Vision go on stage for their act. And of course, Vision is still acting a bit off and changing up the show from what they planned. The whole bit of the talent show really reminds me of A Knight's Tale. Great movie with him. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and go watch it because it's pretty funny. So Vision ends up like floating up in the air and Wanda quickly adds a rope to him to give that illusion that that's how they lifted him. He goes ahead and lifts up the piano that's on stage and she turns it into a cutout piano. And meanwhile, the Ross lookalike is like, uh, that was my grandmother's piano? What the heck? The card trick is a fast, like speedy bit. Uh, Bunny runs across the stage and he puts the hat through his body, which they somehow explain with mirrors. Finally, they bring out the Cabinet of Mysteries. Vision kind of like messes it up because Wanda hasn't even like got inside the cabinet and he's trying to do the spell. So instead, Wanda brings Geraldine from backstage into the box. Wanda fixes Vision and gets the gum out of him and they try to sneak away, which really cracks me up at how they, they try to sneak away walking down the sidewalk. I don't know, it just gave me a laugh. But they ended up winning the show and Geraldine wonders exactly how she got in the box. At home that night, Wanda suddenly turns around and has a baby bump. Congratulations, folks. <laughs> 
Another loud noise stops the moment, though, and outside they find someone, like, coming up out of the sewer, and he's in a beekeeper suit, which is, like, entirely random. Like, what the heck? And it's one of those mysterious scenes again that cuts from the sitcom vibe where we don't know exactly what's happening. Wanda simply says, like, no, and then it rewinds them back inside. And as the viewer, we're kind of like, okay, what did we just witness? But now we're back inside and it's gone. Slowly, Vision actually starts to turn color. You can see, like, the, the reddish pink of his skin, and then slowly the whole house starts to turn color, and it's no longer black and white. I also imagined Wanda's whole outfit is, like, green, and then she's, like, in red. So it kind of tricked my mind a bit, but, you know, red is her color. Moving on to episode three, Now in Color. We move into the 1970s. This is actually one of my favorite episodes. So Wanda is pregnant, very pregnant, considering she found out yesterday. And the doctor is checking her out. She's about four months along, the doctor says. And Vision, like, asks, like, what size would the baby be if it was about 12 hours? Vision is being very concerned about how fast she's growing, and he doesn't exactly understand what's happening. While walking the doctor out, Vision sees his neighbor, Herb, uh, who is, like, having a moment. He goes from cutting the hedges to cutting, like, the cement wall between the houses. You know, totally normal. By the time Vision goes back inside the house, Wanda's stomach has gotten even bigger. You know, they're setting up the nursery. Wanda's using her magic to put together the crib and paint the nursery. And uh, she's nesting as Vision reads a baby book. And the first kick means that she's around six months along. So the pregnancy is progressing pretty quickly. She ends up bringing some butterflies to life and didn't mean to. Her powers are a little bit out of whack, you could say. Wanda wants to name the baby Tommy, and Vision wants to name the baby Billy. So they say, let's hope for a girl. Vision does, like, the calculations in his mind, and he's expecting the baby will to be due in three days. However, Wanda starts to have Braxton Hicks, and so her powers really go haywire in the kitchen. Like, the appliances start going off and everything goes crazy, all the power along the block ends up going off. Vision's question and concern kind of like hit ahead and he's questioning what's going on to Wanda. And he even says like, I think something is wrong here. And just like that, it cuts back again like a bad VHS tape. And it kind of starts over the scene. Pretty quickly, real contractions start. Vision really cracks me up in this episode because like his, his reactions when he's not concerned are just so hilarious to uh, the baby coming and her crazy powers and all of that. Like her water breaks and the sprinklers go off and it's just like, it's really comical. Like I said, this is one of my favorite episodes. If we get hydro soap, hydro soap soap, like no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good. They end up, like, hiding under a table from the water sprinklers, and once they, like, stand up, she opens the doors, and the breeze come in, and then she's, like, drying them off and everything like that. Vision ends up going for the doctor because they're pretty sure she's in labor, but he might be on vacation. At a time like this, Vision's like, to be fair, the baby's approximately nine months early. True enough. True enough. Just in time, Geraldine stops by, and Wanda at first is trying to hide her pregnancy. You know, her powers are still going a little haywire, like the stork that she painted on the nursery wall has come to life. <laughs> and uh, it's not long before Geraldine notices that she's pregnant and goes into the nursery. And Wanda is full on labor, laying on the floor in the living room. Her powers are going crazy while Geraldine tries to help her with the baby. So a little baby boy is born. Vision missed it, but he comes to meet his son, and it's a really cute moment. She's like, Wanda's like, don't you want to meet your son as yourself? And he, like, turns into normal Vision, which is just, like, super cute. They end up naming the baby Tommy, and he goes in to kiss Wanda, and she starts screaming, and so they both scream. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. That part cracks me up. Um, hey, look, it's twins. Surprise. 
So here comes Billy. Little baby Tommy, little baby Billy. Vision goes ahead and, you know, walk the doctor out, leaving Wanda and Geraldine alone. Uh, the doctor, like, makes a note to tell him that small towns are hard to escape, which is a very odd thing to say to someone, right? Vision goes over to talk to Urban Agnes, and they question where Geraldine is from. You know, they're saying, like, we don't know where she's from. She just arrived, and she doesn't have any family, doesn't have a home. They're, like, very much putting, like, skepticism into Vision's brain, if you will. Inside, Wanda mentions that she's a twin. You know, she talks about Pietro, and... This moves back to one of those mysterious moments where, like, sitcom vibe is gone, and this is serious. Um, Wanda's, like, soft singing to the babies is almost eerie in this moment because Geraldine is starting to realize something, and she says he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And that's like, bam, it's a real-life reference. Like, she's not in the sitcom mindset. And things get even more serious with Wanda realizing that Geraldine isn't who she thought she was. And she kind of notices her sword necklace and it just gets real creepy and serious. Outside, Herb is trying to, like, you know, tell Vision why Geraldine is there. Like, he knows that there's a reason why she's there, but he can't get the words out. And Agnes almost, like, stops him from explaining to Vision who Geraldine is. Inside, you get a Wanda head tilt, which is never a good thing. Anytime she tilts her head like that, it's never a good thing. She's probably about to kick your ass. However, when Vision goes back inside, Geraldine is gone. And Wanda's just looking at the babies. She's super happy. Where's Geraldine? Oh, she left, honey. She had to rush home. And it's just very creepy. Very creepy vibe. I remember that episode ending, and I was like, wait, woof, that what just happened? <laughs> outside the Westview sign, we see Geraldine fly out of the hex and land. Around her is like a bunch of military stuff. And that's where that episode ends. Episode four, we interrupt this program. This episode gives us so many more answers as to what is happening in the real world as we step away from the sitcoms. We start the episode off with the results of the blip coming back. All of those people that like poofed away, they start coming back, Monica included. I am so glad that they included this scene of everyone coming back. It's just something that we never got to see in Endgame. We know the people came back, but what would that look like? So we got a piece of it in this show, which I really appreciated. Monica ends up coming back in the hospital looking for her mom. Her mom had had cancer when the blip happened. The doctor ends up telling her that her mom died. She died when Monica was like poofed away. It's like her cancer had come back and that's just like a horrible thing to have to tell somebody uh this is where we get the confirmation of who she is because she name drops her mother she tells the nurse she's looking for maria rambo and we know who that is if you've seen captain marvel so then we know that she is monica rambo cut to the sword headquarters and uh, monica tries to check back in after coming back but she's like not allowed and you know is directed to director hayward douchebag of the century i hate his character with a passion so while she was gone, swords shifted away from manned missions, focused on AI, weapons, robotics, nanotech, and so on, which is kind of a bit of a surprise to Monica, if you will. Hayward tells her that there's an FBI case about a missing person, and they need to, basically, they need one of their drones to investigate, and they need a chaperone for that particular drone, and Monica is grounded. It's a set of rules that her mother actually put into place for any sword members if they came back from the blip. So Monica goes ahead and heads to New Jersey where she meets Jimmy Woo. So glad to see him back. He was great in Ant-Man. And you know what? He learned Scott's card trick. Isn't that great? 
his like missing person is actually a witness protection person. Uh, I would love to know if anything's going to become of that. Police from that area say that Westview doesn't exist. Uh, so it's not a missing person's case. It's like a missing town. They're testing out the drone and as they do so, the drone actually disappears. And when Monica goes to investigate through, she goes through the hex and kind of like gets sucked in. We then go to a van of experts with Darcy, Darcy Lewis. I love her. I'm so glad that Darcy was part of this show. I love it so much. And she's asking everyone's field and the first guy doesn't want to tell her, but everybody else is like, one's nuclear bi biology, artificial intelligence. The one guy's a chemical engineer and Darcy is astrophysics. So meaning that S.W.O.R.D. has no idea what they're dealing with. They called in all of the experts. <laughs> I loved Darcy so much on this show that I like I had to do a quick little cosplay of her. I loved it. And please get this girl a cup of coffee. And remember those pods are bad for the environment, everyone. So Darcy notes that there's a lot of CMBR, cosmic microwave background radiation. And there's something else like imposed over the wavelengths of the noise, if you will. Darcy pretty much finds the connection and the TV show broadcast. She just needs an old TV. Meanwhile, S.W.O.R.D. decides to send a guy through on the underground uh, to get into the hex. Jamie doesn't think that sending people in is a good idea, like duh, <laughs> but Hayward doesn't really listen to anybody else. Meanwhile, Darcy is actually watching the first episode. Darcy, she notes that, like, Vision is dead, right? Like, dead, dead. And that the signal is coming from out there. They don't know if it's real, they don't know who's doing it, but that's just the signal that they're picking up on the classic vintage TV. So a sitcom starring two Avengers. And that kind of means that Darcy was the one watching the sitcom at the end of the first episode. They start to identify the other characters within the show that's being broadcast and their real identities from the town. And eventually Darcy spots Monica. Darcy ends up suggesting uh, a way to signal Wanda through the radio on the show because she usually washes the dishes near a radio. And while they're setting that up, they actually see images of the drone that they sent in. Uh, it's just an adjusted retro version, and they did not colorize it. So they kind of take note of that image of the vintage drone. They wait for the perfect moment for Jimmy to send a message to Wanda, which matches up with the meeting with all the wives and, you know, the Help Me Rhonda scene that I love so much. And I love getting to see the other side of these scenes. Um, but in this episode, we see kind of the show cuts weird or is edited weird uh, to the viewers. So we don't see as much as we did in the original episode. The sword dude that is still traveling underground into the hex. And guess what? Being underground does nothing. Jimmy was right. He becomes that beekeeper costume that we saw in the middle of the street. Once again, I love seeing the opposite sides to the scenes that we've already seen. Jimmy and Darcy are watching the sitcom, and as Geraldine, you know, aka Monica, mentions Ultron, they both like, yo, real life reference here, kind of like all of us did. As they see Wanda asking Monica who she is, it's like that creepy head tilt moment, and then it cuts to the credits. So someone is censoring the broadcast. Cut back to the sitcom for us viewers, and creepy Wanda look. Sorry, I don't know what to call it, but the head tilt is creepy, okay? <laughs> Wanda's normal magic comes in. It's not like the dated stuff that we've seen in the previous episodes. It's like her normal red glowy hand magic that we see in Avengers movies. And she throws Monica through the house, through the fence, miles away, through the hex, and out. And we see her land on the outer side and jabam, <laughs> dark vibes. Wanda fixes the walls before Vision comes back in. And then, of course, you know, Wanda tells him that she had to rush home. 
And as Wanda turns around, it's like almost a jump scare as Vision is standing there with his dead face, like post-Thanos wrecked dead face, and Wanda kind of jumps, and when she looks back, he's normal, but dead Vision face is never good. And you know, Vision tries to say, we can go wherever we want, and she's like, no, we can't, this is our home. <laughs> Foreshadow. And Wanda like says something like, don't worry, darling, I have everything under control. And it's, it's eerie, the way she says it, it's very eerie vibes. Meanwhile, Monica's like on the outside and she's like, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. This episode really made a lot of us question if Wanda went off the deep end and was turning into a villain because it was definitely like eerie, creepy vibes. Even as a Wanda fan, I got that. And I know a lot of us like were speculating like what the heck after this episode came out. But still great to see the opposite side of what was happening in the real world while the sitcoms were airing. So episode five on a very special episode. We are now in the 1980s. The babies won't go to sleep. Wanda tries to use her magic, but the magic does not work on the babies. Agnes ends up coming over, and once again, we have one of those moments where the sitcom vibe just cuts off when Agnes asks if, you know, should she take it from the top? Like, they're filming a show. Like, should she start over? And she looks to Wanda because maybe it didn't go how Wanda wanted it to. And you get a lot of that from people in the town, like, asking if Wanda needs anything or can they do anything for Wanda and anytime that happens like she doesn't really get it because it's almost over her head some of the time that she's controlling so much of this and that she's making so many of these people suffer without her really realizing it. All the while, Vision is getting more and more confused and curious and wants to know what exactly is happening. The twin babies end up disappearing and suddenly they're like kids standing behind them, not babies. This 80s intro reminds me of Growing Pains and Full House. That's the two vibes I got from it. I know it's like a bunch of other ones, but gotta add Full House vibes into this, obviously. And the Vision like baby pics and kid pics crack me up. It's like those little details that are just like so hilarious. On the outside, Monica is being checked out. She says she remembers pain and then Wanda's voice in her head and feeling a lot of grief. Monica meets Darcy and talks to Jimmy again and the three, you know, they're my dream team. I love them. I love Monica and Jimmy and Darcy together. Uh, her x-rays are blank. Foreshadow. <laughs> Something has changed about her. Curious and curiouser. Hayward is immediately putting the full blame on Wanda. As Jimmy would say, that's an oversimplification of events, but yes. They, like, try to make note of saying that Wanda doesn't have a nickname because they've never called her the Scarlet Witch in this universe. She's always just been Wanda. And Hayward tries to highlight the fact that she was once against the Avengers in the beginning and some of the other unfortunate events that have happened around Wanda. Because, you know, Hayward is a dick. Jimmy tries to defend her, but, like, Howard ends up calling her a terrorist, and even Monica says that that's not true. She says, I don't believe this is premeditated act of aggression. But once again, like, Hayward just shows Wanda breaking into the sword where he claims she stole Vision. We, of course, know that's bullshit now. We know that. We didn't know that then, but bullshit. I hate him. Have I mentioned that? I don't like him. He's a douchebag. Darcy ends up making a great point in these moments, like, what happens when Vision learns the truth of what's happening? And, like, Vision's already kind of catching on that something isn't right. Tommy and Billy find a dog and they want to keep him. Uh, they want to keep Sparky. Wanda uses her magic like in front of Agnes and Vision continues to worry because she's like just using it freely when they agreed to like hide those things. They decide that the boys have to be 10 to have a dog. So what happens? They go ahead and age themselves up. 
cut back to outside and Jimmy is bringing you friends coffee. I want a friend like Jimmy, like bring us coffee. Yes, coffee buds. Monica is talking about uh, how she would get back inside Westview and what she needs to get inside. Uh, Darcy names it the Hex. That's why I've been calling it the Hex because I love Darcy. Monica like does a scan of her outfit, like the 70s version of her outfit that they had on when she got chucked back out. And she shoots it and it's like bulletproof because she had been wearing a vest on, bulletproof vest. And so Wanda like rewrites the reality as she things go into the hex. So Monica suggests like what would happen if they send something that doesn't require change. Brilliant idea. Vision at work and an email comes in and everyone in the office starts reading it out. It's one of those like weird mysterious vibes again where it cuts from the sitcom and like only Vision is normal. His worry continues and like as he touches a co-worker like that guy goes back to normal and he's asking for help and you have to stop her. She's in my mind. And when Vision touches him again, like it goes back to the sitcom version. But still, that's like proof for Vision that something is for sure not going on right now and people are suffering. Wanted to hear something outside and when she opens the door, Sparky the dog runs out and an 80s version drone is being sent in. It's zooming in on Wanda and the boys in front of their house and Monica is basically driving it because if they sent in tech from the 80s, it wouldn't have to be changed. Monica's trying to talk to Wanda, but that does nothing because Hayward goes ahead and approves it to be armed. Uh, Monica did not know that it was armed because he is an asshole. And he tries to take a shot. Tries to shoot at Wanda. Yes, because that is exactly what will help things, you idiot. Wanda then walks out of the hex with the drone in her hand because she's a badass. Sorry, I know that it sucks what she did, but I hate Hayward and uh, he can pretty much screw off and I'm pretty much going to be team Wanda. And she's in her normal Avengers suit, not the 80s look. And she's like, stay out of my home. You don't bother me. I won't bother you. And Monica is really trying to defuse the situation. Like, put Monica in charge. Because she's trying to talk to Wanda. Like, on some level, you know I'm an ally. And, you know, Wanda's listening to her. But she's also got all these guns pointed at her. So, in turn, she has all the men point their guns at Hayward instead. And she heads back into the hex. Back in the 80s land, the boys find Agnes with Sparky, who is unfortunately dead. Cue music, right? And I killed Sparky, too. I feel like she's just, like, you know, trying to force Wanda to use her magic to bring Sparky back to really test and see what Wanda is capable of. And towards the end of, like, the sitcom, Vision and Wanda have a serious talk about his co-worker. And, like, it's funny, the credits try to roll, like, during their fight, but the fight continues because the episode's over, but not their fight. As they move into the living room, like, the sitcom is gone. Their normal powers are back. They both float up in the air, and he's like, what is outside of Westview? Uh, what you're doing here is wrong. Like, all of these crazy things. They're trying to have a serious conversation, but the doorbell stops them. It's actually not Wanda this time that makes the doorbell ring. Wanda answers, and it's Pietro. No, no, no. It's freaking Evan Peters' Pietro, which was what the hell for the audience. For me, at least. I literally said, what the fuck, <laughs> when I watched the show, because, I mean, so many of us were like, okay, we're crossing Marvel and X-Men now. Like, the rights haven't been there. I mean, I know the rights are there now, but are we doing this? Like, is he actually X-Men Pietro? What is happening? What just happened? And even Darcy, she's like, they recast Pietro? So that was like a huge crazy moment. And I still have feelings on that. 
episode six, all new Halloween spooktacular. Yay, Halloween episode. I love Halloween episodes. And we're into the 90s now. What's great is this episode features everyone like in their comic book costumes, even the kids. <laughs> like you get like Wiccan's look, but it's awesome to see Wanda in like the classic Scarlet Scarlet Witch costume and even Vision in his classic look. It was super great and creative for them to include that in a Halloween episode. Pietro, of course, is still around, and Wanda is, like, trying to understand if this is actually her brother or not. For Halloween, Vision is going to go to the neighborhood watch instead of trick-or-treating, which kind of upsets Wanda, but, you know, they're kind of, like, not on great terms right now. Mom and dad are fighting. Meanwhile, Sword is testing uh, the drone that Wanda, like, chucked back to them because Hayward is a douchebag. Uh, he pretty much sends Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy out because they're not following his rules and they don't want to listen to him, but Monica and Jimmy take down the guards after sending them out, which, Darcy, why didn't anyone tell me the plan? <laughs> I love these three. Have I mentioned that? Back in Westview, it's Halloween go trick-or-treating, yay. And Wanda keeps testing Pietro with questions from their childhood. Because like us, we want to know how you exactly are her brother. There's like a kick-ass comment with the kids and Wanda and everyone thinks that that's a reference to the movie Kick-Ass because it actually has both Pietros in that movie. Wanda learns a Vision isn't on duty that day for the Neighborhood Watch and this is another great instance where he's like, is there anything I can do for you, Wanda? Because they're trying to please her because they know that she's in charge. Meanwhile, Vision is actually heading to the edge of town where everyone is like barely functioning. They're just standing there doing the same thing over and over again and it's it's kind of tragic. I do like when Wanda asks what happened to Pietro's accent and he asks the same back to her because her accent totally comes and goes. We all know this. My dream team, Jimmy, Monica, and Darcy break into the computer room and Darcy is able to hack into the network and Hayward is oddly tracking Vision inside the hex. Vision continues to move towards the edge of town and eventually he kind of just flies up as his normal self to get a view above the town. He finds Agnes's car and she's like stuck in it, but we all know that's bullshit because I mean, we know, we know she's bullshit, right? But she plays along and you know, she plays the character and she calls him an Avenger, but he doesn't remember what an Avenger is. So then she just kind of goes back into her role as he touches her, but you know, even though we all know that's bullshit. Darcy ends up warning Monica that some of the test results came back and her cells are being rewritten because she's gone through the hex wall twice. And she doesn't think that Monica should do it again. Uh, but, you know, Monica is really determined to help Wanda. Darcy is going to stay in the computer room and she wants to find more of what Hayward is hiding from them. And so Monica and Jimmy end up leaving her behind with plans to regroup. Wanda and Pietro have a moment, like in the town square. Wanda doesn't know how she did all this. She just remembers feeling alone and empty. Uh, similar to the vision moment, Wanda looks to Pietro and got gunshots and he's got his dead face, even though that wasn't that Pietro. And she kind of like flinches and looks away again. Darcy sees the tracker of Vision coming towards the hex line and Vision starts going through the hex and it's not going well. Like he's basically coming apart and no one's really doing anything. Like Darcy tries to run forward to help him, but they grab her and Billy inside is able to hear Vision's like screams and tells Wanda that something's wrong. And some other douchebag handcuffs Darcy to the damn truck. And Vision just wants to help the people. And he's like pretty much like talking directly to Darcy at this point. Fake Pietro says something like, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. And Wanda chucks him across the town square. 
Billy says that he thinks that his dad is dying and Wanda slows everything and another massive blast expands from her and starts to expand the hex. Jimmy and Monica are like already fine and driving away at this point and all of the soldiers and sword dudes pretty much like run for it, leaving Darcy handcuffed to the freaking truck. <laughs> Asshats. They literally handcuffed her to the truck and then left her there because everybody else bolted. But the whole camp ends up changing to like a circus. And that is the end of our Halloween episode. I was so mad when they just left Darcy there. I was so mad. Episode 7, Breaking the Fourth Wall. This episode is very modern family, like with the interviews from everyone. I had to laugh when Billy and Tommy's video games like kept flashing through the different versions of old video games because everything's starting to spaz out. Wanda is having a day all to herself, a staycation, if you will. And, you know, even Wanda's milk for her cereal is doing the same thing. It's flashing through past vintage milk containers. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Probably just a case of the Mondays, am I right? So Sword has moved the camp eight miles out from the hex now. So they're all safe and cozy. Hayward made it, damn it. Vision wakes up in the middle of the circus that was once the sword group. <laughs> Darcy is now the escape artist, which makes sense because she was handcuffed. I kind of had this vision of her being uh, like a fortune teller, but didn't get that. Vision, of course, remembers her from the night before, but Darcy doesn't because her memory is wiped. So Vision is pretty much like chasing her through the circus. At home, Wanda is like clearly like out of it and the boys, the twins, don't really know like what to believe and they talk about Pietro and she's, don't believe anything that man says. He's not your uncle. So Agnes comes by and offers to take the boys. Uh, Wanda's just going to stay home and watch TV, have a mom's day. And even the house starts to spaz out. The furniture changes. The TVs change. Everything is really spazzing out throughout the different decades. Outside, Monica meets up with her source that she knew. And they brought like this heavy-duty truck, something that she can take through the hex without injuring herself. As Vision is still chasing Darcy at the circus, he finally, like, touches her and she remembers her normal memories. And they end up, like, escaping in a funnel cake truck. Like, and Vision, like, calling out because they're supposed to perform. <laughs> so sorry! Double booked by the agent! So sorry! <laughs> Wanda at home and the house is just, like, continuing to freak out and everything. Like, it's spazzing, it's doing all of this crazy stuff. Agnes has the kids and, uh, Billy makes note that it, uh, he likes it there with her because it's quiet. You're quiet, Agnes, on the inside. So that clearly, you know, as if we didn't already assume something is going on with her. Agnes is different from the rest of the town because Billy's been saying, like, how loud it is because he can hear everybody's voices inside his mind. Monica goes ahead and is, like, getting, like, suited up. It looks, like, very, like, astronaut suit, if you will. And she's going to just drive the truck through. But it doesn't work. Uh, it starts to change, and it's not going to just, like, smoothly go through like they had intended. Monica is able to get out of the truck safely, and she kind of just stares at the hex, and Jimmy knows what she's going to do. He tell tries to tell her no, but she doesn't listen, and she knows she can get through. So she goes to the hex once again. This part is super cool. Really shows you how the hex is affecting her. I love like the features of like the different versions of her. And it shows like how it's changing her. You hear lines and quotes from Captain Marvel from when she was a kid and her eyes like start to turn bright blue. It's like a really cool moment. And like when she blasts through the other side, it's just like, bam, hello, Monica. She even has a superhero landing once she makes it out of the 
once she makes it inside the hex. Darcy is basically like a source of information for Vision. She's explaining what Wanda has gone through, how she had to watch him die twice, and all of the things that he doesn't remember. This version of Vision doesn't remember. And as they're trying to get back to town, like, they keep coming across more obstacles, like red lights and work crews and all of this stuff. Monica ends up meeting up with Wanda, goes to her house, and Wanda just immediately stops her from talking and throws Monica out the house. And she gets another superhero landing, though, because Monica has changed. She's not her regular self, and Wanda even notices that. And I love Monica's line of, don't let him make you the villain. I love that line so much. And Wanda's just like, maybe I already am but that's like such a good line. Agnes ends up interrupting them and takes Wanda away to her house. When, like, Monica is literally just trying to help. She's, like, the most helpful person ever. And <laughs> she's trying to help Wanda. Vision, like, outside of town, he stops waiting in the funnel truck. And <laughs> he just flies off, leaving Darcy to catch up. Inside Agnes's house, uh, Wanda wants to know where the twins are. Where are her boys? And they're probably playing in the basement. And Wanda goes down there. It gets spooky. I guess scary. There's glowing lights, there's magic books, and Agnes. Oh, sorry. I mean Agatha. Agatha Harkness. And everyone's fan theories are confirmed. And with her purple magic floatiness, she basically says, like, you didn't think you were the only magical gal in town or something like that. And we get the best song to come out in years. At least a lot of us were obsessed with it. A lot of us had it stuck in our heads for weeks. We get to see Agatha's point of view of her using her magic in various episodes, including bringing Pietro, the fake Pietro. And, uh, yeah. It's been Agatha all along. It's got, like, the monsters vibe to it, so it's, like, it's good stuff. And, and she killed Sparky, too. What a bitch. Don't kill the dog. This was the first episode that gave us an after credit scene with Monica trying to follow them into the basement and, like, fake Pietro catching her. Episode 8, previously on. This episode is very much a flashback episode or Agatha guiding us through past things that we've heard about but we haven't seen. We open this episode with Salem, Massachusetts in 1693. Some backstory to Agatha and her coven of witches, I guess you could say. They are taking her to burn her at the stake for not using her magic the way she's meant to or using too much dark magic. Like, her mother is doing this to her, so that ain't good. <laughs> so, I mean, they try to kill her, but it backfires and she ends up killing them instead and, like, takes her mother's brooch. Savage. Back to the basement. Uh, <laughs> she's making fun of Wanda's accent again, which I just find to be hilarious. <laughs> Wanda can't use her magic down there because of runes, Agatha says. Agatha's magic works fine, and she's flying Wanda across the room, but in a given space, only the witch that casts the rune can cast her magic. She talks about controlling fake Pietro. She's wanting to know who Wanda is. Agatha sensed the spell cast happening, and she wanted to know who had that much power, what she exactly she was doing. Agatha even shows her, like, examples of spells that you would have to practice and learn to create what Wanda did. But Wanda just has magic on autopilot. She doesn't even know the spells that Agatha's talking about. So Agatha, wanting to learn more, decides to, like, take Wanda through her past memories. Because she has the twins being held hostage, so Wanda's pretty much going to do anything she says. It starts with Wanda as a child in Sokovia. You get to see her parents and little Pietro, all very cute. Uh, her dad actually sells old DVD series, like old sitcoms, and the family watches them together. Wanda loves Dick Van Dyke's show. 
I will say that I wanted so bad for them to like casually mention the way, by the way, these twins are adopted and their real father moves metal with his mind, but no such luck. <laughs> I was I was waiting for I was waiting for that. I was waiting for a Magneto reference, but we got nothing. <laughs> but it's freaking sad. Like family movie night gets blown up and the kids just wait two days under the damn bed. Uh, you get to see where Wanda Love's sitcoms from, but it's just like, it's heartbreaking. You get to see the Stark Industries bomb and Agatha claiming that Wanda was a baby witch with therapy ahead in those moments. Next is the testing Hydra did on Wanda with the Mind Stone. Wanda going towards the scepter and the stone kind of flying out towards her. They even make note that no one else has survived this testing. And this vision part in the testing is gorgeous. I think it's just really beautiful. The stone kind of bursts out and it's bright yellow color and there's wind everywhere. And Wanda clearly sees a Scarlet Witch outline in front of her. I wonder like how the testing went with Pietro. Like how did his go? Because hers was very like, boom, wow. And in isolation, Wanda is watching the Brady Bunch still, so still in love with those sitcoms throughout the tragic events of her life. And they have no footage of what happened. It was just like she was standing there, and then it, like, cut, and she was on the ground. They don't actually have the footage of what Stone did to her. Then we go to Wanda and Vision at the Avengers compound. This scene is so sweet between them. Vision, like, coming into her room and them just watching sitcoms together. Um, Wanda's talking about losing Pietro, because that's fresh. Vision, like, offering to be there as support, and it's just really sweet. Paul and Elizabeth have such great chemistry together, and we get a brilliant quote. What is grief, if not love, persevering? Oh, such a good quote. And Agatha is getting a little impatient. She's pushing to know how she did this. Vision was gone, but you wanted him back. So then we see Wanda going to the sword headquarters to see Vision's body, wanting a funeral at least, after she, like, unpoofed. Hayward allows her in the back and is showing Vision's torn apart body, just like pretending like she doesn't see him as a person, ass face. Just and then Hayward like says not everyone has the ability to bring their soulmate back online. I feel like that's just like a taunting her thing. Because we all know this story he gave of that day's events is bullshit. So just like pushing her a little bit to do something. And like she's like, he's all I have. That's just it, Wanda. He isn't yours. And that's like the breaking point of her breaking the glass and flying down to him. And I swear the saddest part of the show is in this moment when she's just like trying to, she puts her hand over his head and she's like, I can't feel you. Which is like the total opposite of what we saw them in Infinity War when they're out on their own. And she's like, I just feel you. It made me cry. I just, it was so sad that I can't feel you scene. And then she leaves. She doesn't take his body. She didn't storm the place. So Hayward's story is total bullshit. She just goes out to her car and drives to Westview. That's all she did. Hayward, like, set it up that she was, like, this crazy monster. So, yeah, she drives to Westview, which the town is kind of depressing looking. Just throwing that out there. You know, her version looks a lot happier. But sitcoms usually do look happier. And she goes to a piece of land that is clearly something Vision had got for them and she pulls out the deed and it says to grow old in with that heart and ugh, the anger the pain the grief all hits and her power just explodes out of her and she creates the house and then extends to the town and Vision it just all happens which people have mentioned as she creates the house um 
and whatnot. It kind of looks like the House of M comic cover, which is a really nice touch on their part. Oh, and don't forget about how she throws her back out, like, creating this. Like, she bends, like, her spine doesn't, <laughs> doesn't be affected, but she does it a lot. And just like that, they are the 50s husband and wife. Present Wanda kind of is watching this, and she sees the 50 set for what it is, a set, a soundstage, and Agatha's just clapping, like it's a show. Hearing screaming outside, Wanda goes and runs towards the twins. Agatha has them, like, kind of roped with their magic. Side note, Agatha looks amazing in her purple getup. Agatha talks about how Wanda is dangerous, a myth. This is chaos magic, Wanda, and that makes you the Scarlet Witch. Ah! Dun, dun, dun! They finally name-dropped the Scarlet Witch. I loved that part so much. Finally. It's like in the movie, like, when they say the title, but this was so much better because they even say it earlier in this series that they haven't called her anything. She's just been Wanda, and bam, she's the Scarlet Witch. The after credit scene here with S.W.O.R.D., and uh, they're using the energy from the drone that Wanda brought out to bring back Vision. Well, White Vision. And he looks creepy. He looks very Terminator coming online vibe. Not a fan. Episode 9, series finale. I've seen this episode the most. I love this episode. I did a first reaction to this finale on YouTube if you want to see it. I filmed myself watching it for the first time so you get my first reactions if you like. So Wanda is still trying to protect the twins. She, you know, she's blasting Agatha. The boys get sent to the room. Uh, and Agatha mentions that she takes powers from the undeserving. It's kind of her thing. And Wanda's hands are, like, turning black because the power is going out of her and into Agatha. Agatha basically wants her magic. So you know what? Wanda throws a car at her. Sounds legit. <laughs> and then we get a little bit of, like, a Wizard of Oz vibe because we look under the car and all there is is Agatha's boots. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. White Vision flies down and Wanda comes up to him and, in a loving manner, he tries to smash her face off. Very sweet. So, other Vision hits him and, like, drags him across the neighborhood. And uh, Wanda gets a nice little superhero landing. All the superhero landings, guys. And White Vision walking out of the flames? Hella creepy. Like, Terminator coming towards you creepy. Not a fan. And Wanda and Vision are going to fight for their home. So basically, Wanda's going to follow Agatha and Vision is going to go after White Vision. Meanwhile, Monica can see this from inside fake Pietro's house and he, like, won't let her out. So there's not much she can do at this point. The Visions are fighting in the sky, and let me just say, Paul Bettany, what a douchebag, right? I mean, not really, but <laughs> he told us there was going to be a cameo of an actor he's always wanted to work with, and all of us were making all these crazy fan theories of who was going to be in the finale, and he was talking about his damn self. <laughs> well played, Paul. Well played. So outside, Sword is, like, tracking the Vision. Uh, Jimmy is being brought in handcuffed, and he sneaky, he sneaky, sneaky grabs a cell phone. And, you know, Hayward's just being a douche as usual. But Jimmy is able to call for backup. Wanda's searching the main town for Agatha, but, you know, Agatha's up on top of a building, giving us Halloween Town Calabar vibes, and, and knocks her with her magic. Mentions that a whole chapter is dedicated to Wanda in the Darkhold. That's the Book of the Damned. Wanda's still saying that, like, she's not a witch, she doesn't cast spells, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh, but the book says her power uh, exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. Can someone tell me if that's Doctor Strange? I don't know if that's Doctor Strange. Is that who they're talking about? Agatha lets Dottie out of her spell, and like, Dottie's like, my name's Sarah, and she's saying that she has a daughter. Can we just let her out of her room? She could be 
the boy's friend or the school bully. Just please let her out of her room. And, like, slowly Agatha releases the whole town square from the spell, and they just, like, surround Wanda. At fake Pietro's place, Monica finds, like, a photo of him. It's like a headshot, and it says Ralph Boner. Like, what? Why is it? Why is his name Ralph Boner? Is he, like, the person in the witness protection? Is he going to be something else? Or did they literally just cast Evan Peters to screw with all of us? Monica ends up taking him down and sees that the necklace is, like, enchanted, and that, like, wakes him up to his normal self. But, like, still, I'm like, is that all it was? <laughs> it, it was just a fake Pietro, like, nothing just to screw with us, really? Vision and Vision still fighting in the sky as the twins kind of watch and Billy is feeling that his mom is in trouble. The town is surrounding Wanda and it's really sad because she didn't mean to do this, but everyone has been suffering. They have her nightmares, they feel her pain, and she just loses it with too many voices and too many emotions around her. Her power kind of explodes again, unintentionally choking all these people around her. You know, when she realizes what she's doing, she stops, of course, but it's just it's really hard because she doesn't mean to do it, but she's still causing pain. She, like, starts to let them go. She says she's bringing down the barrier, but she doesn't realize what that means. The town people start to run, and Sword takes that as their opening and goes through the gap in the hex as she brings it down. Vision and Vision are still fighting, but as the wall comes down, of course, Vision falls and starts to come apart. Bringing down the wall means her family doesn't exist. Vision lands by her, he's disappearing from her. The boys, like, speed run to her, and they start falling apart, which was horrible. It's horrible as they, like, scream for their mom. I don't like that part, and I'm not even a mom. <laughs> so basically, save Westview or save your family, Agatha says. And it's like, oh my god, what type of choice is that? So Wanda brings down the hex again and, like, closes it as it was. Agatha tries to hit the boys and Vision with her powers, but Wanda, like, puts up this bubble, like a violet incredible bubble basically allowing more of her power to be sucked away. No good. So we have Agatha, White Vision, and Sword Crew coming in surrounding the family. The family of superheroes that definitely give off the Incredibles vibes. It's White Vision versus Vision. They decide to go fight in a library, and Vision uses logic to stop the fighting. <laughs> White Vision. I request elaboration. Agatha flies the sword soldiers up in the air, same story, different century. There will always be torches and pitchforks for ladies like us, Wanda. I actually really like that line, too. Wanda does stop them from crashing down. And another great line. which is so funny. Boys, handle the military. Mommy will be right back. All the things you never thought you'd say to your children. Wanda flies up to the sky uh, and kind of disappears. She almost kind of mocks Agatha with the way she does it. It's kind of funny. Billy and Tommy, like, stop the dudes, uh, you know. Tommy runs around and, like, grabs their guns, and they use their powers and whatnot. And Hayward, this douche, literally shoots the children. He fires multiple shots at the children. Yeah, big hero. But Monica steps in front of them and blocks the bullets. They kind of, like, go through her, or they absorb, or something like that. And Billy ends up stopping one of the bullets, too. But super badass. Monica's awesome. Hayward's a dick. Cool beans. And then, like, Hayward, like, either tries to run away or, like, drive into them. Like, he pulls back, but I think he was probably going to drive forward, too. But to the rescue, Dr. Darcy Lewis slams into him with the funnel van. Claps for Darcy. Have fun in prison. 
So the visions are having a massive, like, intelligent chat about who is the real vision and the ship of Theseus, and it's all very interesting. Which leads to vision, touching white vision, and memories getting transferred or remembered, you could say. And I love flashback sequences like this. It was like all of the little, like, things that we've seen with vision and with Wanda and all of that, like, fast, 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 fast editing. I love that stuff. And his eyes turned from almost like a robot look to a normal look. And with that, White Vision flies up. Wanda comes up behind Agatha and does like the little mind trick thing that she did on the Avengers back in the day, which was nice to see again. Nice little callback. And takes her back to Salem and being on the stake. And then the witch's bodies like start becoming zombies and, you know, they start doing the thriller dance. Just kidding. Instead, they focus on Wanda. And they call her the Scarlet Witch as well, which Agatha's like, told you so. But that doesn't stop her. Uh, that doesn't stop Wanda. We get the Scarlet Witch headpiece coming through, which is so freaking cool looking. <laughs> Agatha offers a trade, her powers for happy Westview. She'll correct the problems in Wanda's spell, but Wanda breaks them out of the Salem vision and they fly up into the sky and she just starts chucking her powers at Agatha. She throws her magic at the walls, at Agatha herself, just all around them in the sky, and she stops Vision from flying up to help her. And she's really not looking too good. Her hands are turning black, her face is all wrinkled, she looks like, almost like a skeleton, like it's just like being sucked out of her, as she's given Agatha all of her power. And then Wanda goes limp. Now I kind of wondered why she didn't fall, but I was still interested. Agatha then tells her the deal won't work because once a spell is cast, it can't be changed. So she's a liar. Freaking liar. Agatha tries to use her powers against Wanda, but they do not work. Performance issues, you see? It's amazing. It's so good. Wanda put up her own runes in the hex, just like Agatha taught her. In a given space, only the witch who cast them can use her magic. Boom. I don't... I love this whole sky fight and the idea of her like throwing the hexes around to stop Agatha from using her magic. I love it. I don't need you to tell me who I am. And the headpiece light comes back and her eyes go all red and Wanda fully starts taking all the magic. Hers, Agatha, and so on. Like I said, this whole sky fight is amazing. I love it so much. And her outline starts to change just like she saw in the vision with the Mind Stone. Wanda gets a wardrobe upgrade. The new Scarlet Witch look, which I love. It's such a good outfit. They designed it so good. I love it. It's like a great modern look at the Scarlet Witch look. So Agatha and Wanda come back down to land softly. And Wanda decides to keep her there. But wipe her mind, you know. The role you chose, the nosy neighbor. And I love the, the interaction or the line that you're going to need me. Because there's a chance that Wanda might need Agatha. Agatha's much more trained than Wanda. So you're gonna need me. If I do, I know where to find you. That's just like the perfect setup to see Agatha again. And Agatha gets turned into the nosy neighbor lady. Okie dokie, artichokey. Wanda greets the boys and let's remember her cute little nose wrinkle that we all love so much. And it's almost like success winning <laughs> than the reality check. I know you'll set everything right, just not for us, Vision says, and it's like the heart starts to break. It's freaking sad, man. Wanda needs to be happy, okay? <laughs> so the hex slowly starts to come down, and the family walks home. They put the boys to bed, pretty much knowing that they are going to disappear shortly, and 
continues to break my heart. Some people have suggested that Billy could read their minds and knew what was going to happen, which is even sadder. <laughs> this, uh, this scene reminds me of the Titanic when the lady is putting her kids to bed because they can't get on a lifeboat. This reminds me of just like put the kids to bed so that they don't, they're not awake before they disappear. The town continues to unhex, you could say, and Wanda and Vision go downstairs to say goodbye before he disappears as well. And oh, they kind of watch as the wall's coming <laughs> and Vision asks what he is. You're the piece of the mind still that lives in me. You're the body, the wires, blood, and bone that I created. You're my sadness and my hope, but mostly you're my love. <laughs> Oh, break the heart. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'll just break it some more. I have been a voice with no body, a body but not human, and now a memory made real. Who knows what I might be next? We have said goodbye before, so we'll say hello again. All of these lines are so good, but like so tragic. Like this couple is like so tragic. I do really like how the house comes down around them and how the camera spins, and you kind of flash through the past houses that we've seen with the different decades until Vision, like, slowly disappears. And Wanda is just left there alone in the empty property by herself again. She needs a goddamn hug. Someone give Wanda a hug. And she just puts on her hood and walks through the town. Everyone is glaring at her, which it sucks because if I was them, I would be angry too. But from the viewer's standpoint, you know she didn't do it on purpose. You know it was an accident and she didn't intend to hurt anyone. And I think the only person that gets that in that moment is Monica. I mean, she even said she would bring her mom back if she could. It's just very heartbreaking. So random. Uh, but there's this moment in that conversation with Monica uh, where it looks like it goes from regular filming with Wanda, and then it looks like they edited Elizabeth's face over her own body. Like, I don't know. It looks a little fake in one second. I don't know if that could have been a COVID thing, like they needed to reshoot something, so they just, like, put her face over it. I don't know. Just something I noticed. So she pretty much says goodbye to Monica and transform into her witchy look and flies over the sky looking like Sarah Sanderson and out past the Westview. The first after credit scene is a great setup for Monica and Captain Marvel, to which I'm super excited for. You know, setting her up to space and Hayward getting arrested. Screw him. I have heard that Monica and the twins and Darcy were meant to have a bigger part in the finale, like trying to steal the book from Agatha's basement, but because of COVID, some things got changed, unfortunately. The second after credit scene goes to Wanda in a far-off cabin that looks beautiful. She's like reading the book. Well, I mean, correct. The astro projection self of herself is reading the book while her regular body just chills and makes some tea. Kind of like Doctor Strange seeing the outcomes vibe, but different. And then she hears the twins calling for help. And that's where we leave off. We are, of course, meant to see more Wanda's story in the next Doctor Strange movie. So that's the end. Overall thoughts. The quality of this show is absolutely amazing. I'm sure it will be one of my favorite Marvel pieces of work for a long time. You know, it's just proof that my heart belongs to Elizabeth Olsen now. <laughs> no, just, I do. She's fantastic. Oh my gosh, she's fantastic. Elizabeth Olsen better win something for this. Like, the whole show needs awards. All of it. The whole cast, just everything. They need awards for this show. And I hope it doesn't get bypassed because a lot of the time superhero stuff just gets looked over. And that's bullshit. But yes, Vision, Monica, Darcy, the twins, Agatha, Wanda, just everything was perfect. I still have questions on why they chose Evan Peter 
for this? Like, was it just a screw with us? Or is it something else that will be answered later? I know that there's X-Men talks of reboots and things like that. Like, I don't know if that will have anything to do with it. But it annoys me. <laughs> I also want to know if Jimmy's original witness protection case was anybody important. I mean, yeah, just uh, good content. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, I would love to hear what you thought about WandaVision. What was your favorite episode or your favorite line, quote, seed, whatever you want to tell me in the comments. That's totally fine. Just to promote myself a little bit, if you happen to like cosplay, I have done three semi-Wanda looks. Two of them were like half cosplays. Uh, inspired by two of the episodes from WandaVision. And then the third one was a full-on Wanda look. That is her look from Civil War and Infinity Wars. So if you want to see my cosplays, they are on Instagram, calming Canary Cosplay. Thank you so much for listening to another Chit Chat with Cass, and I will see you guys in the next episode.